0: Al Bayan Radio presents the following program, asking Allah that it serves as a benefit for all. Ramadan, Ramadan, Ramadan nights on Al Bayan Radio. Assalamu alaikum, wa rahmatullahi barakatuh. We are live at Al Bayan Studios, oh. and we join our d guest. As-salamu alaikum, wa rahmatullahi barakatuh, alaikum. wa
1: rahmatullahi barakatuh.
0: I think we're we'll live for a couple of seconds, and we didn't realize, upon Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, make it easy. We're heading towards the end of Ramadan. And subhanAllah, we have a few days left. Uh, We inshaAllah going to discuss the topic of traveling to seek knowledge or sort of in another title, the struggles that it takes to seek knowledge. And among that, and we find that a very common action of the people of the Salaf is that when they are seeking knowledge, one of the attributes of it is, is to travel and to uh, spread out in seeking knowledge, subhanallah. So, give us a little bit of insight about seeking knowledge in the form of traveling,
1: the purpose, the blessing. Why, someone, why would someone travel? Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you all. It's a blessing to be in the presence of our dear Shaykh And now uh, we thank also our listeners We say may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you and keep you steadfast uh, yani The blessing of seeking knowledge, the virtues of seeking knowledge uh, If one was to hear them, if one was to comprehend about them yani Look into them, read into them, subhanAllah They'll find that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam Has indeed linked a lot of virtue to seeking knowledge, you know, subhanAllah, the Prophet وسلم, he mentions in a hadith and he says that whoever goes out seeking knowledge, then he is in the path of Allah until he returns. And he is in the path of Allah, and the ulama here have said that meaning this person is like the one who is fighting in the cause of Allah, anyone who's striving in the cause of Allah. That's one of the virtues, يعني, and there's many, I'm sure there's many virtues يعني, as we know of, but. Subhanallah, that's one that I want to mainly talk about is that this person is in the sabil of Allah Azza wa Jal until he returns. So it is indeed a virtuous thing and knowledge in of itself is virtuous. Yani as the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, "Whoever, Whenever Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala loves his slave or wants good for a slave, he gives him the understanding of the religion.
0: Subhanallah. You have joining us, Sheikh Ahmed Dallun. This is this the first time we've had Sheikh Ahmed on the radio? First the, time he was overseas, so subhanallah. he's. Yeah. So fresh from travelling and seeking knowledge, Subhanallah. Um, Sheikh, give us a little bit of insight. yani Subhanallah, you're fresh. You're, I guess recently you've come back. No, um, that's why we haven't seen you for a while. Obviously, um, give us a little bit of insight. How, yani, in the path of seeking knowledge, Subhanallah. Uh What does someone expect? Because you hear a lot of brothers Yeah I want to travel I want to travel I want to go overseas I want to go overseas But the, there's obviously A rela- reality to it And normally we say that Yeah, and If a person isn't hungry Seeking knowledge Before they go overseas Then a lot of people think As soon as I go overseas I'll become hungry In seeking knowledge or Rather that's not the case A person has to And sometimes it's actually Going to be more difficult There's going to be more struggles uh He's going to sometimes A foreign country Sometimes a foreign language Sometimes he has to uh build relationships, build friendships, he's not you know going sometimes, you know, he's not going to like an area that he knows. A lot of times he's going and he's following the knowledge to different places. And generally when you hear about the brothers that go and seek knowledge, uh it is subhanAllah, it has its struggles. So for someone that has a mentality that says, Oh, I'm not seeking knowledge now, but you know what? I want to go overseas, I'm gonna go overseas, I'm gonna seek knowledge overseas. Does that theory work, or does someone has have to be already Sort of in the pursuit of knowledge, hungry for knowledge, uh, willing to sacrifice before going overseas, rather than saying, "Okay, when I get that, I'll figure it
2: out." Bismillah alhamdulillah, wa 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 is an ibadah and it is the greatest form of ibadah as some of the scholars have mentioned after the Fara'id. and because of that reason it's incumbent upon the muslim to train himself just the same way in which he trains himself in uh in other ibadat and if someone is fresh to the deen he can't pray three four hours of qiyam al-layl and it's impossible and so if a person wants to seek knowledge he needs to uh he needs to start with something simple he needs to start with the basics of islam he needs to uh, seek that which is obligatory upon him to learn because as we know knowledge is of two types we have fardain knowledge that is fardain we have knowledge that is fard kifaya and a lot of the times the brothers when they romanticize knowledge and romanticize going overseas a lot of these brothers unfortunately have neglected that which is obligatory upon them to learn to begin with and so you see that his and his religion is very weak to begin with his aqidah is very weak his ibadah is very weak and so if he does travel for seeking knowledge, then he can't cope with the difficulties that uh, come his way. And that's shack, يعني, One of the hardest things is to travel for the sake of Allah Azza wa and to sacrifice everything, sacrifice your life, ta- leave your family and your friends and the country that you know and to go to somewhere foreign and to seek knowledge. ف... And that's like, this is the Sunnah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If knowledge was easy... Then everybody would become become ulama. But we say that's not the case.
0: So yeah. the person that obviously traveling is difficult in itself, just the traveling that's right. alone.
2: Uh, the Prophet said you know, So safar uh, 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 traveling is a piece of عذاب, of punishment. And, and, and you've got she- you
0: know a lot of exceptions with that. You know, you've got du'a of the travelers, except then, you know, his no. salah is uh, he can join and short join and shorten. And at the same time, you know, if he's fasting, he can break his fast. And he has all these exceptions. Uh, and put on top of it that he's actually seeking knowledge which you know has to give it 100 because you can't you know your brother say oh, I'm going to go seek knowledge but I'm going to work and I'm going to seek knowledge at the same time most people that go overseas they focus 100% on seeking knowledge and yeah. again that's a, a struggle in itself and that's why we tell brothers we say, if you're not in the habit of seeking knowledge if you're not in the habit of sitting for hours and hours and hours and hours and you're not in the habit of concentrating on books and summarizing and sitting under Mashiach or whatever uh, then it's going to be a big shock to you, you know, um, because you have, you know, subhanAllah, you have those that are ready. You have sometimes Mashiach that want to further their knowledge. <laughs> they find that as a struggle too at times if they're going to, you know, certain places, especially places they've never been, let alone someone that's never left Australia. No. The first time he's ever got a passport is so he can go overseas and study. Uh, and then subhanAllah going there and realizing that whatever the reality is, in his mind, he 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 said, is completely different, and then the issues of getting homesick and all the other things that go with it, and the shaitan obviously pounding him to what are you doing here? You know, you can have more benefit going back home, and so forth, because this guy's in the path of mm-hmm. paradise. You can say, so subhanAllah, it is a struggle, but it has its fruits. Definitely, does have its fruits. It
1: definitely, yani, it definitely has its fruits. But I think I just want to maybe add to what the sheikh mentioned and what you just mentioned about the narrative or what uh, what people expect when they go you know, this thing about uh, what people are expecting and if they are not training themselves you know, Wallahi if a person is not within his home country and I use Australia because we're Australians we're from here and we know this if you're you are from here and you have access to all these masajid and all these mashaykh and all these lessons and you're not engaging and you're not utilizing it to its full potential, you're not exercising all of your efforts. Traveling overseas is not going to make you do that. What traveling overseas is going to offer you is a few things. Number one is that you have dedicated that full time for study, one. And two, you've dedicated, And you can say access to ulama and scholars That you can excel further in Because of that time that you have So if you do go there And you're finding that you haven't exercised all of this And the Sheikh mentioned a very good point Aqeedah Because once you travel overseas It depends where you go Your aqeedah is going to get tested You know Because you're in a foreign place yeah. So and it's, it's And that's why if, if one's firm and he goes He will see the fruits Subhanallah, it's it's something to bear. You you need to keep in mind that you have the opportunity to study in your own land and then you have the opportunity to excel further overseas. If you're not doing the first, you're not going to do the second. Mm. And we've traveled with many brothers and the same thing has happened.
0: It's a general concept that they don't let anyone go to university. That's right. Here you have to do your HSC and you have to have a certain standard. Certain mark of uh, to get into a certain course, and generally people say, "Oh, you know, it's it's you know, I uh, should be able to get into any course." No, the courses that are more popular are more difficult. Although obviously, the ones that pay more they the most yeah. people want, are attracted to those courses. But a lot of times, what happens is that the university would say, "Okay, listen, uh, you're not at the standard to enter this course." Yeah, you know what I mean. And some universities will say, "Listen." We'll allow you in on a bridging course, which means that we'll test you out and see. And if you're up to the standard, then we'll put you into the real course. Yeah. So what they're doing is they're doing they're testing your dedication, they're testing your ability. And if you're not up to standard, then they know that you're gonna drop out. And they know you're gonna fail. You're not gonna benefit the university because you've taken up a spot which is gonna be lost, and at the same time, you're not benefiting. Mm uh yourself either and dropout rates for generally even Islamic universities is is quite high because people don't expect they they expect okay I'm gonna get knowledge but they don't expect there's a lifestyle that goes with it right there's food that goes with it. You know there's a certain type of food. You're not gonna be able to have the food that you've, your mum cooking you the food that um mm. that you're eating here. You know, nice uh, you know Lebanese dish. Yeah you might be in a country that you know, that might just serve one type of, uh, you know, style of dish or whatever it may be. So you don't have those luxuries. You might be at, you know, some brothers have gone sort of deep in some places where there was no air conditioning. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, there was no beds. There was no modern day toilets. Like, that, you had to adapt. There's one brother once he said, he goes, I was seeking knowledge. And the mosquitoes would kill us every night. Doesn't matter how much lotion we put on, doesn't matter whatever. He goes, they would come, we wouldn't even see them. He goes, every night would be scratching in class. He goes, that's, but that goes with, that, that turns into the, the sweetness, right? Yeah. The, the actual beauty. But we want people to understand that it, traveling, it, it it takes sacrifice. And we spoke this with Sheikh Farhan the other day, difference of online study and, and uh, you know, given that it has its merits, but mm. you can't compare it to someone actually, Going and oh, it's not. Yeah, it's not the physically same. Physically studying and and sitting underneath. He, he, there's no comparison. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The, the the sacrifice, the dedication, the effort. A lot of times you say this person didn't survive. sick not he survived the travel. He survived the the situation. Yeah, yani, it made him in generally into a stronger person and has made his mind stronger. And it pretty much they say, if you can yeah. deal with that, you can do with anything. Subhanallah. But yeah, I
2: guess there's a thousand stories you can. But <laughs> well, subhanallah, on the topic of <laughs> sacrifice. يعني, as the sheikh mentioned, يعني, من خرجة, من خرجة الله, uh, As the hadith mentions, that a person that goes out for the sake of Allah جل, to seek knowledge, then he is in the way of the Allah. يعني الجهاد في سبيل الله في سبيل الله generally uh, when it's mentioned in the Quran and the Sunnah, it's in reference to al-jihad, which is Qital fighting in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so one of the one of the reasons of why it's Talib ilm is compared to Al Jihad Fi Sabirilla is because it's a sacrifice. And it's just like the Mujahid Fi Sabirilla, the one that fights for the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it'll كلمة, كلمة هِيَ ulya for the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be the most high, he sacrifices his life and his wealth for that cause. إِنَّ Allah اشْتَرَى مِنَ al أَنفُسَهُمْ وَأَمْوَالَهُمْ بِأَن anna la jannah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has purchased the souls and the wealth of those uh, from the believers. Uh, and in return, he gives them Jannah. So likewise, the Talibul Ilm that sacrifices his life, he sacrifices his family, he sacrifices his country in order to seek the uh, knowledge so that he can lift the ignorance from himself and so that he can come back and warn his people. Uh, likewise, this person is in a great sacrifice. And, uh, yeah, and I just wanted to mention that concerning...
0: No no without it a, a still like class. without a doubt, the effort. You know, I heard of the story of a brother. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And his father he did eventually, I think later, do did do some travel for studies and that. But they actually, you know, like had a family dinner and they were gonna say bye to him and whatever. Um not the airport, there, the airport here. <laughs> He got to the airport. He got into immigration. He pulled back, and he came back.
1: Subhanallah. Because
0: yeah. um, he thought about his parents. He thought, and he might have had some legitimate, yeah, thoughts, but it just shows like how difficult it could be, like mentally, and how complicated it can be. Why? you're overseas studying, all your mates and your friends and your family here working, making money.
1: wallahi on on that point, Subhanallah, yani I. I say, all the brothers, when Allah reward them, who have travelled, have gone through this. I speak of myself, but because I know, when it came to me travelling, I remember this. My family, I remember my relatives, I remember people that were close to me, telling me, are you going to put four or five years of your life on hold, and you're going to go, and those four or five years, if you're not going to get back, and what are you going for? And and all this sort of stuff. And they start to put these things in your mind and how you're going to do it. And if you go and you come back. So many, many, many people, you know, subhanAllah, the society will try to suck you out of it.
0: Some people, some delay marriage, some delay children. You know what I mean? Some delay years. Yeah, so yeah,
1: yeah, you need to understand that the you know, what you reap from it is Allahu Akbar. This is why, one of the reasons why we chose this topic is because We also want to encourage people to travel and study if they could. But it's not, you can't do it, brother and sister, if you're not. And one of the reasons why we chose this topic is because many people will message you and ask you, what do you think? We want to travel overseas. We want to go. We want to this. We want to that. But they're not exercising it here, one. And two, they're not understanding the hardship. Like, Sheikh, when you went, how many people did go with you or at your time? And then they just dropped and drop and drop and drop and drop and you see towards the end there's a few left and you you ask yourself that question why is that because of what we mentioned it's not easy but as well the person that's going has to be screwed on he has to have his mind screwed on he has to understand what he's going for why he's going He has to you know Put in his mindset that This is going to be difficult I'm going to face difficulties And everything Wallahi on a holiday Wallahi Everything You're going to see Brother and sister Who's listening And her sheikh Will probably tell us a few things You're going to see the ajayib When you travel overseas You're going to see things And you're going to see cultures And you're going to mix with people And you're going to get to points In your life When you're You're going to say to yourself What am I doing But that all comes into Moulding you doesn't it Of course
2: Subhanallah. It's the Sunnah of Allah that there needs to be sabr upon this path and like I mentioned before if it was easy everybody would become ulama and yani who doesn't love ilm? who doesn't love the scholars who doesn't love to want to be from the scholars after hearing يعني, some of the hadith that Sheikh Abdul Karim mentioned concerning the, the virtue of seeking knowledge everybody would want to memorize the Quran everybody wants to learn the Arabic language so that he can ponder over the Quran but does everybody do it that's the question fa it requires sabr and uh concerning the uh, sabr yani Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَجَعَلْنَا مِنْهُمْ minhum يَهْدُونَ بِأَمْرِنَا لَمَّا صَبَرُوا وَكَانُوا بِآيَاتِنَا kanu that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made them from the, among the believers he made a imams in the religion when they had patience and when they were uh had certainty in the ayat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Without sabr, gaining knowledge without having any patience is not going to happen. It's mustahil. Mm. There needs to be sabr. In, and there needs to also be an expectation of hardship. And that won't hap, happen except that, as the Sheikh has mentioned, uh, a person prepares himself, himself from now. And some of the ways in which he can prepare himself is to, uh, to clean the vessel of knowledge. And that is the heart So a person needs to purify himself Purify himself with the ibadah Purify himself from leaving off the muharramat From obeying ab- Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Increasing in the voluntary deeds And from that is seeking knowledge So uh, as the Sheikh mentioned as well uh, You see a lot of brothers do break off Obviously some brothers have the excuses But some brothers it goes back to They just had a, a crisis in their religion they, they, they went through a fitna Because they put themselves into a A, a hala a condition that they weren't used to. They weren't prepared for. And that goes back to that they, they weren't seeking knowledge in their, in their own countries. For a person needs to, if he had, does have intention, of going overseas. He needs to at least be, in my opinion, at least uh, attending five, six classes a week. That's, that's you know, I thought you are going to say ten, but yeah, five, six. Yeah, I'm saying, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm trying mean, to be, mean, I'm trying, mean, to, mean, I'm trying to be, no, it's, it's right.
0: Yeah, and he's structured. Uh, Again, yeah, this person really has to de- dedicate his 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 time and his effort, and he has to no. be into the habit of. Um, yeah, yeah. Point. As I say, like normally, you know, uh, people ask, like for example, how do I get into this course, or how do I become this, or how do, I you know, we say so if you don't live, eat, and, and and sleep it, like that's your life, right? then you're not going to get in. Like, for example, people say, how do I become an engineer? How do I become this? How do I become a doctor? How do You can't think and act and, you know, watch documentaries on engineering and say, I want to become, you know, a doctor, for example. If you're not living it, dreaming it, pondering about it, living it, you know, you're going to every you know, uh, student conference or pre-conference. You're not going to every, you know, uh, preparation course. You're not doing like, you know, uh, practice exams. You're not, you know, doing work experience with other doctors and you're not living it. You know what I mean? And if you accidentally stumble to get into the course, then you're not going to survive. Because you have to, as they say, you have to, uh, you have to like live that bubble. You know what I mean? For you to to succeed and for you to love it, and a lot of the brothers subhanallah do end up seeking knowledge, and you can sort of. I I, I don't want to see like I don't want to sound like judgmental, but you can sort of sometimes say he'll be all right, he won't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, sometimes
2: sometimes, surprised, sometimes surprised. It's, uh, some, yeah, sometimes, sometimes you're surprised.
0: Yeah, sometimes it's the person surprises you, but generally, generally, yeah. you can sort of have the idea like, yeah, this guy will do really well. But sometimes like that surprises, but I'm saying generally. Or this person has been attending lessons, and he's got more of a of a of a of a foundation to succeed, rather than someone that just said, oh, "I think the only way for me to seek knowledge is to go overseas, without ever experiencing sitting for more than one or two hours." You know what I mean? So yeah,
1: we've seen that. We've we've again what you said, and i will try not to sound judgmental, but that's a reality that's a reality and and doctor amrullah it's 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 a sad reality because at the end of the day any muslim any muslim wants to see another muslim succeed especially in the field of da'wah because at the end of the day as the sheikh beautifully mentioned when you seek knowledge you're seeking it for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's religion to be spread and when you see other people doing it you want that for them You know, you want the knowledge to spread. You want people to seek knowledge. But where it becomes problematic is people are taking the wrong avenues, which is another, this is like another point, Yanni, that we've put here that we want to talk about. People are taking the wrong understanding and they're going about the wrong ways when it comes to travelling and seeking knowledge. I personally know a few brothers who have put off studying in Australia, they've put off attending the Masajid, and they've put off attending the lessons, saying... That they are going to, yani they they're, they're organising for themselves to travel, and they travelled and they travelled and they met with me overseas, and we put for them a program, and yani Wallahi what was saddening, what was sad is when they travelled and they wanted to do this, and the push and the pump that they had, one of them I think within three weeks, another brother three four days in. The, the 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 sheikh contacted me and he said he's not he's not coming to the lessons no more yani and and when you go overseas when you go overseas as the sheikh knows it's not like here yani over there alhamdulillah you have more access to ulama you have more access to scholars you have more access to you know people that bear the knowledge you know subhanallah sometimes you get blessed so much allah taala blesses you so much that perhaps even a sheikh would come to you yani and, and we're not talking about yani, someone who's got credentials Yet, if my brother and sister, if you're not equipped here, then I, I'm not going to say don't bother going. But I'm just going to say, prepare yourself. Prepare yourself for perhaps failing.
0: Remember, someone was telling me that uh, as a sheikh, one of the But I went to university. Yesterday, he was in high school. High school with this guy, and he always used to rock up to high school late. Like, every day. He was like, like we're talking like every single day. Mm. He would rock up you know, 10, 30, 11, every day. And he goes... But he was smart. He was intelligent. He got into uni and with university, he had some courses that were the same. He goes, he would be rocking up to the lecture every single day. He would be rocking up late. Look, like, he was always late. To the point once he was even late to the exam. Mm. But eventually, he failed university and he dropped out. He said he got into uni, but that was only by accident. But eventually... It's gonna catch up, yeah. To you, so a person would say, "Oh, you know, I got this fire." But eventually, if you haven't perfected the etiquettes, and that's another topic of seeking knowledge, right? And uh, the the consistency and the adab and the respect of seeking that knowledge, you might get so far, but eventually, it's it's. Yeah, it's you can't. Catch up to you. you can't have
1: that. That won't pass when it comes to traveling and seeking yeah. Islamic knowledge, because. When you're seeking knowledge with the ulama, there's adab before ilm. There's adab which is respect and, and, and you know, character etc., before knowledge comes. And brother, like I'm gonna tell you, if you're late to class once or twice, if the Shaykh has any rahmah, he'll probably tell you to wait outside and let you enter towards the end. And if it's done on multiple occasions, you'll be asked not to come to the class no more because they are numbered classes and they're for serious students only. Yeah. Yani, and there's adab to be learned. Like this is din, you know, subhanallah. Uh, leaving, for example, the class and then he says, Shaykh, there's so much to talk about, man. Wallah, like there's so much to mention. How, like, about, sure.
0: how, how about you give us a little bit of insight of one of the places where you studied and some examples of you know uh, and Sheikh Ahmed too like give us a, give us give us, a Ahmed reality, begin. give us something like raw that you experience that you know what I mean that's it. like uh, again I'll just give you an example one of the Sheikh were discussing is that he remembered like he couldn't find any food on, on campus and uh, he went and I don't know wherever and then all these missions and uh, they found like you know like a small amount of chicken and some rice and they they sat and ate that. And they, they, you know, they were hungry until the next morning. Another one, there was problems with his transfer, and he didn't have, you know, any money for those extra essentials. And he, you know, uh, he had an issue with, you know, like you know, how people were sending him money, and there was a lot of problems. So he said, like, one week, just he goes, I was eating with the Indonesian students with their noodles and stuff. So, like, those struggles, like, give us something that is a personal.
2: Definitely <laughs> the worst struggles In the beginning In, in the middle In the end uh, And anyone that's been to Saudi Arabia Knows how difficult things can be Getting things, simple things done Can take yonks Trying to get a stamp Trying to get a stamp yeah. A stamp, yeah. <laughs> they send you to like 50 different 50,000 people And then you go back To the first person That you went to and <laughs> Oh that way <laughs> <yeah. laughs> And then he puts it on you that you, you, You're the one that you're <laughs> Misunderstood For, you know, there, are, there are struggles Like we mentioned In the beginning And that is the way That it's supposed to be Because if it was easy Then It's just it, It's not the way things are yeah. Expect hardship Uh I remember Yani you know, We moved uh, We moved apartments about Four times In the first uh, 10 days um and then eventually they put us in an apartment for a couple of weeks with no furniture so we need to sleep on the floor and there was no cupboards for our clothes so we just had everything in our suit bag in our uh suitcases for uh, yeah a person needs to be patient and expect hardship and that goes back to knowing the virtue of knowledge because if a person knows the virtue of knowledge he'll put up with anything Yani Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says That the person, the person that treads a path uh, Seek in pursuit of knowledge <coughs> And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Will make the way to Jannah easy for him
0: mm-hmm.
2: Well, unfortunately, sometimes when we hear this hadith it doesn't, it doesn't hit us But allow me just to change one word in the hadith And maybe it might yani wake up some people uh, yani If the Prophet had said that whomsoever treads the path of seeking knowledge, then Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will make the way of him becoming a billionaire easy for him. How many people would uh, would jump on board, put up with anything? And we know, Yani, people put up put, put up with anything for less than that. And uh, Jannah is much worse than anything in this dunya, and this dunya means nothing. For a, when a person truly understands the virtue of knowledge, he will put up with anything. Mm-hmm. But like I said, that it requires tawfiq min Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and it requires sabr. And requires a person to constantly work on himself and to develop himself in his ibadah, in his uh, in his knowledge as well. Because he can't progress in his uh, in his religion except with knowledge. It's a condition for you to become close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And so Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah, he made a whole chapter in his book, that knowledge precedes, precedes, action. So any action that you want to do. Even tawhid itself requires knowledge. Kalimat La ilaha illallah has conditions. The first condition of La ilaha illallah is what? Knowledge. Al-ilm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So a person that doesn't have any ilm can't even be a muahid let alone be a talib ilm. As there, يعني I mean, we commonly hear the first verse got to,
0: based no. on yeah, you learn, no, subhanallah. Um, we always I mean, make this as a point as a, as a proof right? As like a dalil saying that you know, you hear, you know, a famous person that has billions of dollars commit suicide, uh, or overdose, or take his life, or go on antidepressants until he, you know, passes away. But you don't hear a scholar, or a alim, or person of knowledge just gave up on life and... <laughs> <full> <laughs> <the palace. laughs> ...jump off a cliff <laughs> or whatever, you know, you don't, you don't hear that. You don't hear like, you know, this alim, the scholar, a person of knowledge got so depressed and upset and had so much anxiety, from from seeking knowledge, that he stopped eating until he uh, starved to death. You don't hear that, and you only hear Subhanallah. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, He raises the ones that have علم and have have knowledge, and and have faith. Because knowledge builds iman. and, and to know Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is to have knowledge, and that raises you up in status of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. And a lot of people say, "What is knowledge?" I've got a, a definition of knowledge. That it's like just a personal thing I learned something I tell everyone This is what it means But this is a personal thing That I, I see See knowledge is not Just knowing something It's not just knowing something Everyone can know something You can grab A, a, a disbeliever And he can, you can teach him Some Islamic knowledge It's not, not just about You learning that knowledge Or learning That type of alam But what What knowledge does And this is the difference Between someone That really has knowledge <coughs> And someone that Does not have knowledge Yani what I mean Doesn't have knowledge Hasn't understood That actual alam is that a person with knowledge knows how to put that knowledge into application right? He knows, for example, if something goes wrong the knowledge I have, how am I going to solve that issue? which we refer to as hakma too sometimes that that knowledge now is put into in, into practice it's no longer just me having knowledge, I'm putting it into practice I'm solving someone's problem. I'm dealing with someone's issue. I'm helping someone get out of hellfire and go towards paradise. You know, I'm looking into the details of someone's life and using my Adam that Allah has blessed me to benefit this actual person. And I think that's what distinguishes between people that just scrape the surface a little bit and someone that yani, generally yani, really, really learns about the the knowledge, the hukam, the usul and how that can be uh, given as a medicine,
1: tailored, prescribed to the actual person. When you you actually apply it like that, you end up realizing, and this is why like the cliche statement, where you only will understand this once you've delved into it. And at the end of the day, you know, Subhanallah, we we always used to hear, even before we traveled and before we we, we studied, we always used to hear that the more you learn, the more you know you don't know, especially in deen. Yani subhanallah, the more you delve into it and the more you're learning and the more you're applying, the more you're finding out of how much of a bigger ocean it is. You know what I'm saying? It's like the parable of someone when he goes to the beach and he swims. Huh? He swims a few, maybe a meter deep. and he What does he think? What does he know of the ocean? Maybe a bit deeper than that but if a person dives or a person explores how deep the ocean is he realizes how deep it really is and that's ilm for you you know what i mean and and people they think or they are under that impression that i will go seek knowledge get it and come back and would, you, would you say like seeking knowledge yes he gave the example of the ocean
0: the difference of traveling to seek knowledge is you actually ex- Going underneath the feet of you know, Studying under the feet of Mashiach. But
1: if you do that Because even the Sheikh Utoya People that even travel Are not doing that So like it's not about the travelling It's not about travelling it. It's about once you've travelled And you've got You've trained your soul. You've trained yourself. You know what you want. Like, I'll give you an example. The Sheikh mentioned the struggle. Alhamdulillah, you struggle. You guys had to sleep without uh, on no furniture. Alhamdulillah, I didn't go that hard. Nor that, brother. I I thought you were telling me a story of a tabi'i when you mentioned that. (laughs) You couldn't find food. Subhanallah. I'll tell you who he's landing. All right, (laughs) um, I remember, wallahi, when I first landed, it was a struggle to find because I I chose to go to Lebanon. It was a struggle to find ulama of the Sunnah. Everywhere I'd go, I was pointed to places to go to this guy, go to that guy. And when I went to that guy, you realize this guy's a Muttadiya. You go to that guy, you realize this guy's a Sufi. You go to this guy, this guy's an Ashari. You go to this guy, this guy. Well, it was a struggle. It took about I think it was the twenty fourth or the twenty fifth day.
0: for you settle
1: I met Sheikh Abdullah Hussain, rahimahullah. And then I started being pointed to the ulama and the mashayikh. And then I realized, Allahu Akbar, Sheikh Talal Malat and all these mashaykh, Allah, like they're, they're all there. But they were, it wasn't like in the open. It wasn't like, you know, like here you have access to the Salafi Mashaykh, You got bang here. You know me mean to the Mashaykh of Ahl Sunnah. But when you go overseas, it's not like that. So you need to find them and you need to, Subhanallah, you need to prove to them that you, they need to give you their time because come on, they have their students. You know what I'm saying? They have their students. Some bloke from Australia coming
0: here. Like, Where did this guy come from? He's the 20th bloke that's come this month. That's what they probably think about it. Yeah, يعني, Wallahi, yeah, yeah. Like, right? So you got to prove to them that now I'm, I'm willing to do what it takes
1: to. Yeah, One of the mashaykh, one of the mashaykh, it took me. Wallahi. Wallahi, and may Allah bless him. This. So I went, came back, went, came back. Third time I went and came back. He goes to me. I'll be honest with you. He goes. I didn't think you were gonna you were gonna keep yani coming back. He goes. I didn't. It was until the third time I went and I came back. He agreed, and I did humbly fiqh with him. Yeah. And wallahi, he agreed to give me time, and then the fourth time, he would give me an hour, two hours a day. For, you know, it's 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 yeah. and then it's it's. It's not easy. It's not easy, and we, 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 we want our brothers and sisters to. Like, I know of a few brothers that are travelling very soon, and I know of a few sisters that are travelling very soon. But if it's, I don't know, like, like.
0: You you, you hold judgment within yourself, but it's a matter of. Con- it, yeah, it, it, sometimes, it, yeah, you, no, you're like you said. Sometimes, you're surprised. Person, that's right. Free, like we need
2: to we need to realize that it's fathun min me Allahi azza wa jal. Correct. Allahu a'lam wa, wa hiyuth yaj'alu risalatah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is more knowledgeable of where he places his risala. He places this message. And for those that, that they deliver. Hmm. We have no we have no say over that. And we're incapable unless Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us capability. Hmm. Correct. And that's why we always make the du'a Ya Hayyu okay. ya qayyum birahmatika astagheeth Aslih li shakni kullah wala takilni ila nafsi I'll give you the, the shahid of the uh, the du'a is that oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala don't allow us to be left to ourselves for a single moment. For a blink of an eye. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, if he doesn't take care of our affairs, then we won't be able to achieve anything. We won't be able to seek knowledge. We won't be able to come closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We need to realize that hidayah, because that's the, that's the, like you mentioned, the purpose of knowledge is for it to be beneficial. For it to actualize into action. illa mm-hmm. it's non-beneficial knowledge. And the same thing that the Prophet Wasallam will seek refuge from. allahumma inni أعوذ min من علم la ينفع. Oh Allah, I seek refuge from you In in non-beneficial knowledge What is non-beneficial knowledge? It is the knowledge That doesn't lead to action And so when we seek knowledge We're doing it So that we can Act upon that knowledge Uh, The thing is
0: Very important That you mentioned too And it's also I guess the question Comes to the one That's travelling To seek knowledge What you want to achieve Out of Some people might say I just For myself You know I just want to achieve you know, a couple of jizah, and I want to just have a little bit of understanding of folk and whatever, and that's it. That's that's all I want to achieve. I don't see myself as a teacher. I don't see, it, it, I guess people are at different levels. You know what I mean? So I think that's a, that's another thing too that someone should be able to be setting realistic, realistic goals and say, okay, this is what I can achieve, and this is my goals, and this is what I'm gonna be. You know what I mean? But then like for example Someone say Yeah yeah I'm going to have a season One two years I'm going to be a scholar It's got to be a little bit Realistic
2: uh-huh. <laughs> Yes but At the same time As the ulama mentioned That the intention Is the trade of the ulama. Just like يعني, The tra- the businessmen They trade with Gold and silver And now bitcoin Likewise the ulama Trade with the niyah And so the ulama mentioned That the The best way of Intending Having intention for knowledge Is that You do Rafa al, jah- al- jahli An nafsika ثم عن The first you lift the ignorance upon yourself and then upon the akharim. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran التوبة: وما كان المؤمنون نفر من منهم طائفة في الدين إذا إليهم The Allah wa mentions in the Quran that it is not befitting for all the believers to go out في في sabirilla. Rather, they should remain a group of people that seek knowledge in the religion so that they may warn the people when they come back to them. So when a person seeks knowledge, he should intend all of those niyat, uh, he should intend to uh, fix himself first and foremost because you can't fix something if you don't fix yourself. You can't fix other people if you have problems yourself. So you need to first intend to fix yourself and then your close family members. And some of these brothers, yes, they don't not, they're have intention to become ulama or to become uh, people that do da'wah on a public pl- platform, for example. But that doesn't, say, that doesn't uh, excuse them from giving da'wah to their family members. Yeah, no, of
0: course. It doesn't, that doesn't
2: excuse them yeah. from giving da'wah to the people that they see. It doesn't excuse them from doing mm-hmm. inkar al-munkar when they see it. Mm-hmm. And al-amru bil-ma'roof. That's wajib upon every Muslim. But I think like we just, like uh, a reason for that comment of thinking more towards a
0: person having the wrong expectation in, in, like, for example, if he's going to study, right? Uh, but for example, he, he has a certain, you know, he might have six months, he might have one year. You know, put yourself, obviously, you want to aim high, but put yourself realistic goals rather than putting goals that mm. most likely you're not going to achieve. And at the same time, when they're not achieved, you're going to be disheartened, thinking that I've failed. Okay. You know, and those do-
1: goals can always be obviously reassessed that, you know that I mean? with that that goes back to being prepared before you go and exercising the avenues before you go if you're exercising the avenues here before you go you've stressed out what's available that means you've got you're a student and you've got machekh and you've seen you've sought the advice of your machekh i'll tell you now if you've traveled if you're traveling and you've got no sheikh no machekh to guide you to tell you what to do Where to go, how to do it, what you should be focusing on. You're going to get there and you're going to spend three months running in a loop, just like you are running in a loop here. You have a brother going, all right? He tells you, "Uh, I want to focus on some of the Quran, right? But then he starts bouncing, he does Quran. and then he wants to excel in fiqh. And then he wants to excel in aqeedah. And then that's not a problem. You can do all of that. That's not an issue if you have the time. But you mentioned three months, you mentioned six months, and people are going for those times. Mm-hmm. We say if you're going for the three months period, go and excel in Arabic and Quran. Tajweed, maybe try yeah. to get the Ijazah. For that, three, for that three months period, test out the waters, see how the travel is. If you're able to withstand the three months, that's the first hardest thing. You, yani, yeah. The first one's the hardest you're able to stand that 3 months okay and you've come back don't sit on it don't sit at uh, through 2 3 if you're able to obviously if which is another thing we're going to talk about soon if you have the financial means to travel and you have you know you have all that yani you're able to travel then don't sit on it yani because you've taken that path that you cannot delay mm. so you have brothers going and the person wants to finish he wants to study a madhhab within 6 months this is not normal expectations. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and you're not normal expectations. If he tells you, I want to memorize the Quran in six months, you can say, give or take, Allah Ta'ala yassar al-Qur'ana You dhikr know, Allah Ta'ala, you're just memorizing. But if you're telling you, you want to study a fiqh madhab, or you want to do a science, you want to you know, be strong in a science, that's not enough. So your expectations, and if you've over-expect, you know, what do they call it, overshot? or i, I just think like a person just has to i guess sit with a sheikh
0: sheikh this is what i want to achieve location is also very important absolutely so the sheikh will have obviously knowledge we may be speaking with other mashiach and say listen i have a brother here and i have someone i know he had i think six weeks that he could dedicate off and he wanted to achieve this one. so the sheikh was able to sort out See, you can't just rock up. you got to rock up at the beginning of a course. can't rock up halfway through. halfway through. So he said, you know, on this date, this course is starting, I think it was in Egypt. It was starting. It starts this time and it finishes this time. And so then he was able to tailor his whole trip from to that date, six weeks, got his certificate saying that he did that course or whatever, uh, came back, Six months later, it tried to do another one, but again a bit more, maybe eight weeks or whatever. To that led to actually spending over like two years, for example, overseas. But that was underneath the guidance of a sheikh, rather than rocking up with your suitcase and just wandering Literally. around trying to figure out who's Ahlus Sunnah, who's that's. that's what <laughs> who's this guy? That happens.
1: That happens a lot. People they just say, "Oh, some some people become misguided." Yeah. yeah, and he'll you. Yeah. And a lot of them have come out of, of, of Saudi, unfortunately, recently. Ya yeah, I mean, it's 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 Allahumma it bad. Every, It's everywhere. Yeah, but know. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's he's right. It's everywhere.
0: But something very important too, because the people have this misconception that, and like I said, Saudi is a, you know a hub of knowledge, but not everyone can get in, you know, um, and because they can't. And this is the issue that we had growing up: is that. If they didn't get into Saudi khas, they just gave up. It was Saudi or nothing,
1: which is problematic.
0: Which saying, well, wait a minute, the Salafi sheikh, all well, the Ramuna brothers, that went to Indonesia. Mm. You know, they done Sharia courses and studied like proper, alim, proper knowledge. You know, five, six, seven years. So it's, I you know, there are many facilities around the world, but then again, you need that guidance too. I mean. Yeah, I mean, to the to point. The point he just
1: mentioned. The point the sheikh just mentioned. It is everywhere, and especially if you're going un-unarmed, uh, as they say, and you don't you don't have previous knowledge, and you're just going to the open. I've seen it with my myself when I was overseas. Brothers that travelled to the brothers that travelled to Lebanon a few months down the track, they were misguided, completely, completely. Yani, it's Allah Akbar. Yeah, it's it's what what happened? Where did you go? Who were you studying with? And they just get caught up. Who's accessible? Because it's accessible, and in these countries, it's everywhere. You know, so it's there wherever you, whoever you want to mix with, you mix with; whoever you want to study with, you study with. And it's problematic. Yeah, yani, I've seen brothers who left Australia. We stay we studied together, and have come back misguided, misguided, misguided. Yani, wallahi, and it's
2: that goes back to what we mentioned before. One of the main reasons why a lot of these brothers that happens to them is because they weren't seeking knowledge here
0: mm. they didn't have you a see, good foundation to you see, know what's
2: right what's wrong that's right they didn't have a criteria to go off and so they went as a blank piece of paper and they just sucked up anything that they saw mm. and so uh, you see the, the the brothers that benefit the most overseas are the brothers that were working hard here mm. so like you mentioned Danny, it's, it's not only about it's not only about traveling it's about what you do once you're there. And then it said about having access. I remember one of the,
0: the older Mashiach, he was saying that he studied Nahu underneath a big Sufi Sheikh. Like massive Sufi Sheikh. But this Sufi Sheikh happened to be like a master of Arabic language and Nahu. And, and he's he was already, you could say, half a Sheikh when he studied with him. But he only studied the Nahu. But because he had the background knowledge, he only took the knowledge from the Arabic language. And sometimes it happens to be that case, unfortunately. That, you know, some people, like if you're trying to learn, you know, look like as you know, sometimes in the, of the Quran, unfortunately, you have some people that, you know, to access them in, for example, Tajweed or whatever, they're very good teachers in the Quran, but they have misguided beliefs. So if you're not able to counteract that, then he's he's no longer just teaching you Quran. He's teaching Quran, and now you're being like like a you know like a sponge, taking all this other misguided information too. And it does that that happens a lot. And sometimes you think to yourself that maybe that's the way of them giving da'wah to
1: these and fresh students. That's like. why that's why if that can be avoided, it should. Yeah, and and to 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 to, uh, to a to a degree. And uh, it's. it's it's,
0: And sorry, the sheikh that was describing the, how he had his, the Sufi sheikh, he was actually advising against it. Yeah. Saying this was me, but I was already in grounded in knowledge since I was a child. He said, but for. Because the question was the brothers wanted to go somewhere and study a certain topic, which this person was very good at. However, he did have some. He said, no. Because I don't advise. And his reason was because you's, uh, your minds are too young and too gullible to understand. What's right and what's wrong, and you're very easily you know what i mean uh influenced.
1: that's that's a problem that we're seeing everywhere actually, like you know some people wanting to learn a certain science or something, so they go to a mu or a, like the, at one point when i first when I first went, I had one of the Arabic teachers i didn't know and i didn't know, but it was a full muptadi'ah. like but I, I i didn't know for a few months, and how didn't I know because it was strictly nahw.
0: But then they'll
1: slide stuff in. No, no, no. Strictly nahu. Like, nothing. Yeah. And the advice from my mashaikh when I went was, when you go, you're a student. You don't know nothing. Anyone speaks to you, I'm a student. He goes, then you'll suck out of them who they are. But it was strictly nahu. How I found out, subhanAllah, what he was, all right, was we were going together to the masjid and then... On the way to the masjid, he mentioned that someone was giving a talk in a masjid nearby if we wanted to go there and uh, skip the lesson for today. So I said, yeah, why not? And I said, why not? Yani, subhanallah. Went there, subhanallah, went to the masjid, sitting down, giving, and then I realized that the shaykh that is giving the lecture was a shaykh that I had in uni at one time, all right? And he's ashari. And then he mentioned, he goes, he's like, this guy is a scholar in aqidah. And I said to him, This guy is a Mubtada. And he just looked at me and he goes, I said, This guy is one, two, three, four, five. And and, uh, SubhanAllah. And he's like, What do you mean? We've been studying with him for years. And then I started asking him questions relating to Aqeedah and that. Full Mubtada. Like, and I want to talk about, he's on on the extreme side. like on the extreme, extreme side. And you won't know. If you had no clue, Okay, And you're sitting with these people and they're just feeding you what they want. Yeah, I'm your teacher. I'm giving you ilm.
0: I remember there was like a medical trip I did once and I don't want to mention exactly where but we went somewhere overseas and they gave us a guide. This is like one of the third world Arab uh, Arab countries. And they gave us a guide. And this guide, the way they introduced this guide is this brother has got knowledge, he studied. And he's from Mecca. Originally, he lives... In Mecca. the way outside Saudi Arabia. And the way he talks, the way he acts, the way he moves is, you know, it's from Al-Sumar uh, One week, two weeks, three weeks. Uh, sorry, one day, two days, three days. Um, nothing was sus. Nothing was sus. And two were going from one town to another town. So one area, to, from one area to another area. And then he said, we have to go past and visit one of the awliya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that wasn't come in too much of an issue because that, that area you heard it, like, yeah. like it was general term sometimes used. And then we walked up to a graveyard. And then I saw a guy sitting next to a grave. I said maybe, like for years, maybe referring to this guy, Sheikh yeah. or whatever. He's pondering upon death and nothing really out of the ordinary, right? And to the guy that we're with, the van pulls up next to the grave. We just get out, like, standing in front of the van, and he walks up to this centered grave, right? Was bigger than the rest of them, and he just starts kissing it.
1: Mm. And
0: we're just looking at each other, me and the few of the brothers, are like,
2: what's going on here? Yeah. Even worse than uh, I know, one of the brothers from the UK. I don't want to mention his name, but you know, he's very well known. He said himself that when he traveled to uh, traveled to Yemen to seek knowledge. Uh, they were doing tawaf around the graves. They were doing tawaf circumambulation mm-hmm. Around the graves Which is a form of shirk it Expels the person from the fold of Islam but Subhanallah yani Some brothers are going overseas To take knowledge And They're into shirk No, it's a shock And the thing is What made it even worse Was his justification for it
0: This is what killed it So he came back And then we were talking to him The whole trip Now we're like just quiet Mm. What did we just think? So I didn't say anything. So sussing it out a bit. I'm still trying to think to myself that that just happened. You know what I mean? Anyway, we got to other location and they prepared food for us. And then he leaned over to me. He said, It shocked you what you saw because I was quiet. I'm like, Yeah, okay, this is not. I just wanted to test it out a bit. I said, This is not something we see, right? And then his statement from that, let's see, when I knew that, subhanAllah, this is something that, يعني, it, once it lingers into the heart of a person, is very hard. He said, brother, let me ask you a question. He says, if you love your sheikh, he goes, this is one of our sheikh. If you love your sheikh, don't you kiss him and hug him? Don't you, know, you're like, you know, give him a hug and a kiss if you love him? So a person you love, you kiss them. I looked at and I thought, I got to kiss him. I don't kiss his furniture. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't kiss his house I
1: don't kiss his car <laughs> yeah. You
0: know what I mean I kiss him I go you're kissing a grave He goes well That's the closest We can get to him I said no This is not I told him This is completely Not from Islam But as soon I don't know If you've experienced this But as soon as You put up A resistance And tell them That this is not This is from This is an innovation And this is like Serious you Obviously I can say To the guy You're a kafir But this is Mm. on the the, uh, the steps of kufur like this is bad subhanallah
1: all of a sudden now you are the misguided one yeah wallahi on that (laughs) uh, (laughs) you're the misguided one on that I've got a few on since we're storytelling now (laughs) one of the first weeks I'm in there I'm in um, I went to a masjid and we're doing we're praying Juma, 'ah. and over there the most overseas countries they have a board and the board sends out the, the, the du'aat, the mashayikh to give khutab wherever they are. And obviously the board unfortunately in Lebanon is not Ahl-Sunnah. So I went to this specific masjid and the sheikh got up and he's giving a talk. And it was a nice talk subhanAllah until he dropped a hadith that's full fabricated. He dropped a fabricated hadith and it's in Ibn al-Jawzi's book Al-Mawdu'at, I even seen it. I finished The khutbah finished and then as we walked out, a few of the brothers came up to me and they said, what do you think of the khutbah? What do you think of the khutbah? I said, khutbah was overall good, but he dropped a hadith that's not authentic. I just said that. That's all I said.
2: All I said was that hadith is not authentic not even not even that you didn't even say that it's a you just said not authentic and you didn't even go out that saying it someone if, just like, asked some you an
1: sort of, opinion all I said <laughs> to him is the hadith is not authentic a few days later a few days later one of uh, Yanni, one of the brothers comes up to me and he goes he goes uh, people are talking about you I go who's talking about me what he goes they're saying that you're extreme I go who Why? what happened he goes that you're saying that the sheikh uh, mentioned the uh, hadith that's not authentic. Okay, yes, the hadith is fabricated. It's not weak; it's fabricated. I told him. It's I go, the hadith it's, is fabricated. fabrication. Goes, no, no, goes, it's yeah. complete. He goes. He goes. Yeah. He goes. He goes. He goes. And the sheikh said, the sheikh that, yani, the haki whistle to the sheikh. He goes. And the sheikh said, no, it's not. I go, no, I tell him it's fabricated. From that, yani, from me telling him to tell the sheikh that the hadith is fabricated, I was looked at as sure. and tayani. What are you coming to do here? you coming to Another one Subhanallah My uncle passed maybe away fitna. My uncle passed away This is a beautiful <laughs> one For you guys This was maybe A year, <clears> year throat> and a <throat> half Allah Allah irhamu Allah irhamu short He passed away Subhanallah And I happened to be there I got there I got to the house Subhanallah and there was a few of their mashayikh there. This is a, bit, a year and a half in. It was known who I am. It was known what I believe. I was vocal about a few things. SubhanAllah. The, we took him to the masjid. Time for janazah came. Okay. okay. So I'm standing there on the side. And then one of the mashayikh, Sheikh Ahmad Hafidullah, who's Sheikh of sunnah he came up to me and he goes, listen. He goes, you have to lead Salatul Janazah. And I said, but don't they have specific people designated to lead the Salah to Janazah? He goes, None of them want to lead him. And he goes, Because I'm here, him. He's a along Allah very vocal sheikh. very, you know, when he's there, he goes, None of them want to lead him because I'm here. He goes, and I don't want to lead him. He goes, I want you to lead him. So I led him in salah. According to the Sunnah. We finished the prayer, I turn around, they're still in their dua and they're still they're still confused of what's going on. I said, brothers, the salat is finished. Khalas, let's pick him up. Let's take him to the grave. Already, I can hear them. Shuhada, what's he doing? Uh, why did he do that? Where's the, where's the uh, du'a together? Because they want to do a du'a together after the salah. And they go, where's this? What's this? And he, he's, so I can hear them talking, subhanallah, and the Mashaykh talking with them. Then we picked him up and we took him to the grave. All right. Everyone is standing around the grave, and I'm standing a bit far away from the grave, and everyone just standing there and they're looking at me. And then one of them goes, Are you gonna come? You know, ta'ala, no. Come do talqeen on him Say la ilaha illallah yeah, yeah. Say it right so, 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 so talqeen <laughs> my brothers and sisters Is the Prophet <laughs> sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, He mentioned in the hadith He says laqeenu mawtakum la ilaha illallah When one of your people is dying He's on his deathbed Last All birth, yeah. right يعني, Mustahdar يعني he's, he's dying Remind him to say la ilaha illallah They have taken this hadith Flipped it That once he's dead, washed, finished, shrouded, put in the grave, go stand on his grave and start having a conversation with him. (inaudible) O slave of Allah, right now two angels are going to come to you because he didn't know that two angels are going to come to him. Two angels are going to come to you. Do not fear them and do not be scared of them. When they ask you the questions of the grave, they ask you who Allah is, then tell them, that Allah is Allah And then when they ask you Who Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi is
0: You know I saw someone do that While he was smoking yeah. So I didn't do that <laughs> SubhanAllah I'm being serious
1: cigarette and you know? a said So I went up to the grave And I said I said to them I said Listen respected Mashaykh, I said you guys want me to do this i only do what's reported in the sunnah I said I'm not going to do anything That you guys have innovated with Like that they said, what? I said, the Prophet ﷺ commanded the Sahaba to make dua for their brother once he's buried. For that, indeed, he is now questioned. Full stop. I said, if you want to assist him, make dua for him. And that's it. They waited for me to leave. I went. They waited for me to exit the graveyard. And when I seen them, they regathered around the grave and they did the taqeen. And after that, I was looked upon that this guy, like I got to my auntie's house after, which is probably a 20-minute drive and i don't know how the news got to her she goes to me isn't it rude and haram that you didn't lock in your uncle for obviously when you're in these areas and and there's a lot of a lot of misguidance the the the, the light is not yani the sunnah is not convenient for these people That's back to your point no no it won't. it won't be and this is where this is where unfortunately
0: people get caught up because um the people of from al bid'ah are very very Deceptive In the way they you know, They'll bring dalil Yeah They'll bring They'll bring justification They'll they say like You know uh, You know You have to do this And you have to do that And this is from the sunnah And we're not doing anything wrong And this sheikh said this And this sheikh said that And it's written Abu Hanifa this And they'll come And they'll they uh, Throw all that stuff out. But When you come to Sort of the reality And this is what we say Purifies a person Because it brings him closer To the I you need know, the the, the Sunnah of the Prophet And it obviously it's going to Benefit the person That's in the grave But This is what we say That a lot of brothers Unfortunately when they do Travel and they seek knowledge We do find sometimes Alhamdulillah some, Most of the brothers are strong But some of them do come back With these weird like With these weird audits. Like you mentioned For example In Yemen Some brothers go study they find Other brothers come in And they're they full Transformed into uh, as, 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 as they are And Sometimes you know, This is something Very important A lot of people understand Some cultures have debt, mm. Right Sometimes They're on the border يعني. They're not something That they claim to be Part of the sunnah But at the same time It's not something that, yani, is, You know Like If your sheikh comes in You're kissing him on the head That's something standard We see yeah, We kiss sounds, on the point yeah. But then the problem is Is that They start to take that As a, As a standard As a, as a rule Right. And it just sort of builds upon that and builds up. And it doesn't become a point of respect anymore. It starts to turn into like a point of ibadah. Absolutely. A point of worship. And this is why it recalls me back to that thing when he said them in Allah." So they have, for example, certain people they consider to be these, you know, awliya uh, <coughs> It didn't start obviously started like that. And you know, the person in the grave could have been completely that's right. Completely innocent subhanallah. So and when a person studies, this is why you keep okay, we're going back to the same thing. Before a person studies, he has to be in grounded with knowledge or at least have a mentor that's going to to guide him. He can call Sheikh, I'm here in so and so. I've learned one, two, three, four. I've come across one, two, three, four. <coughs> is that right or is it wrong? Because you know, culturally you're gonna see a lot of lot of عجيب. And sometimes the people they're gonna uh like the said the brother, don't you kiss your sheikh, don't you love your sheikh? Mm. You kiss him, that's why you love him. But <clears throat> wait a minute. And I remember I actually remembered one of the sheikhs saying that his sheikh said to him, you know, just like you love your wife and you hug your wife and you kiss, we we, lo- we love our awliya. And then the, the sheikh said to the, the The person that said that, say, Sheikh, I'm not allowed to love my Sheikh like I'm allowed to love my wife, you know. Yeah. What I mean? If that's a problem if that's the issue. <coughs> so just based on that, you realize, no, know, you know what? You can't hug and kiss someone's accessories if he's there in front of you okay Even. But generally generally huh you want to take a hug from a brother uh, you but like <laughs> but I'm saying generally mm. that the the they have a very deceptive way of coming and trying to and it's you know we're talking about brothers that might be five six seven, maybe ten years, and unfortunately they are gonna you know if they're not strong, they are gonna be negatively uh, influence, subhanAllah.
2: No, well, it's not only, any, they don't need to necessarily be strong, but like I mentioned before, that knowledge is of two types. You have obligatory knowledge that is obligatory upon er, every individual to learn, and he is sinful if he doesn't do so. And then you have knowledge that is farb kifaya, that a party of the ummah, a group of the ummah needs to go and learn. And they need to come back and teach the people their sciences. So a lot of the brothers that go overseas, they go for, generally, the knowledge that is obligatory upon a certain group of muslims yeah. and so that's why i said that a lot of the brothers they do go overseas and they do that but because they haven't done that which is obligatory upon them to learn and don't know basic aqeedah and don't know how to worship allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ala basira they fall into these mistakes they fall into mistakes in aqeedah, sometimes even shirk akbar sometimes shirk azgar, sometimes, ف... sometimes if a person sometimes had
0: sometimes it, yeah. Of
2: studied, Yeah, of course yeah, A person needs to learn The Muharramat In order to stay away from them For, And he needs to learn al niyyah is niyyah is The ulama have, have Written books And volumes of books Just on the concept Of intention So a person needs to learn What is the intention That I need to have In order to go overseas And study Because you could be Going overseas And Instead of doing Ibadah You're committing a sin You're going overseas Is taking you Into the hellfire wal Billah as we know one of the first people to be thrown into the hell fire is the alim. And it would be said to him, why did you learn this knowledge? He would say it so that, yeah, yani, uh, uh, he would be thrown into the hell fire because he learned the knowledge so that it would be said about him that he's the alim. And in another narration, uh, the person that read the Quran, why did he learn the Quran? So that people can say he's a qariq, Allah yeah, tabarakullah.
0: It was scary about the hadith you just mentioned, like. Yeah yeah I mean the they the asked Abu Hurairah about this hadith. Well they i asking him what's the like most powerful what hadith like really hits you hard and he passed out. No. Yeah, you're asking you're asking a man that has memorized yeah, the Abu Hurairah, a companion that's memorized like the majority of the hadith of the Prophet and you're asking him a question that is is a standard that anyone asks what's the hadith that hits you the most like what's the hadith that like hits you hard or really affects you and (laughs) subhanallah just imagine he passes out Mm. and he comes uh, uh, and he comes to again and he remembers and he he passes out again and finally when he comes to you and you want to know like what is it it's like you know someone that's that's uh, Studies creatures and animals, and yet, then what's the most fascinating animal you've ever seen? And no one's going to give you a better answer than than him, you know what I mean? And he narrated right this hadith,
1: mm. subhanAllah. Yeah,
0: it's, so, it's you know, about the, the, the alim mm. and the, 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 the way he's seeking knowledge, but he does it other than obviously Allah wa ta'ala like So, he, he, and this shows he and he, he himself knew the reality of it, the, the fear of it. And this is why we as we know and it is is not like something we say it's actually serious and companions used to be asked the question they used to palm <laughs> but
1: that's why <laughs> Thori, they
0: even palm it off
1: that's why sufiyana thawri he said he says <laughs> he said i have never ever dealt with anything in my life that is more difficult to contain than my intention because your intention plays intention you can start with a pure intention and you'll flip and he mentions that, yani the intention is the hardest thing that he's ever dealt with. And that's true. Because your intention flips and your intention plays and you've gotta keep your intention in line. You know what I'm saying? SubhanAllah. And and, and the Prophet ﷺ spoke about Riyat being the minor shirk, but as well it can be major. Your riyat can exit you from Islam. Yeah, true. If a person is doing actions for other than Allah's sake, that it only should be done for Allah. Seeking knowledge for that, and people can call you a this or call you a that. Wallahi, I know a brother who wanted, I know for a fact that's what he wanted to do because he slipped up once and he said it. Danny, Wallahi, one of the brothers once, we were helping to go overseas, and he slipped up once and he said, He's like, I can't wait till I go and come back, and people call me Sheikh. And one of the brothers that was going to support his travel, I rang him and I said, No. I said, you're going to. I said, this brother, someone needs to sit down with him and have a word with him. Because if he goes with this thought and he holds on to that thought, just as the Sheikh mentioned, he'll be sin worthy. He goes from a praiseworthy action to a sin worthy action. And why do you care anyway, brother and sister, what people are going to call you and what they're going to say about you? At the end of the day, you're seeking knowledge for yourself.
0: If Sheikh guaranteed you paradise, the reality is is that. You have more mas'uliyah, uh, as, as the Prophet, I mean, the, the imam, the leader of his people, will enter paradise uh, 50,000 years plus after everyone under him is killed is accountable is cannibal for. You. And it's not something that's to be taken to be taken lightly.
1: But that the question is, where did this narrative come from? No, it,
0: uh, it, uh, the narrative is simple. It's uh, Allah Alam. I could be wrong. But people think that there is... Uh, What's it called? A reputation or uh, a pos- a position of respect and honor that goes with the Sheikh. where I see it as the most troubled human being. Yani, what I'm saying, he has to deal with people's problems, has to deal with people's issues, has to worry, concerns, stress. Yani, one of the most difficult jobs to take on in the eyes of Allah, underneath the eyes of Allah ta'ala, as a point of responsibility
1: is to be a sheikh. That's what we're trying to get to. Like. It's It's scary Because it's, if someone calls A normal
0: brother In the middle of the night And asks him a question He can say Really I, I don't know I can't really help you Ask the a sheikh If he calls a sheikh And the sheikh knows He cannot withhold that If the sheikh can help him He can't say Listen brother He has to be there He has to be Because he's serving the He's serving the people Plus he doesn't know If he doesn't know the answer Yeah Doesn't know yet, but we're saying, him Yeah, But we But generally He's serving the people and That's why we told like Some brothers Oh yeah I went and studied I became a sheikh But yeah, but when you accepted to go and to become a sheikh, you accepted a job title, you accepted a, a position of responsibility, you can't pick and choose who you want to help. And for example, one brother says, he's a sheikh, he's like, I don't do marriages. I said, why do you do marriages? He goes, because I'm going to deal with a headache when I come back. All right, fair enough, I understand. But you took that responsibility. Mm. You took that responsibility that you are there to help your brothers and your sisters. And you can't just say, listen, this this is a headache. It's like... It's so like a doctor saying oh, man this patient's got so many conditions I can't that if that in the medical field he can actually get in trouble you cannot discriminate and say oh because I've got too many health conditions I don't want to do that." or you know what this patient does my hearing I'm not going to do it you can't and likewise the sheikh the same thing he cannot say listen I'm only going to be a sheikh to my Bangladeshi community I'm only going to be a sheikh to people that have money <laughs> but that, <laughs>
1: that you have to be a sheikh to... but that in itself will catch up to you like this is the thing The thing is, with this matter, first of all, like a few things, and then we're going to move on to the next topic. But the first thing is, this narrative, it's a ridiculous narrative. Like, it's crazy and mind-boggling to think that you going overseas and you coming back without having put knowledge, without having put the sacrifice coming back, Allah Ta'ala is going to place that acceptance in the heart of people for you. There are people that have been overseas for 10 and 15 years. Okay It's Allah Ta'ala Who puts the acceptance People in are it. not dumb You know what I mean yeah, People, you, are, people you, you, are not ignorant like, you, yeah. you have a person You have You, you know I When you come I mean, back somehow, and, I'm saying generally People figure people out no, you know, definitely know. You have to The Muslim has to figure people out You got someone Who's travelled overseas And now he's come back But he's not Strong enough in, in, in certain matters And he's not dealing With certain matters He's veering off the sunnah But at the end of the day You're going to know What this person is like You're going to know What this person is But this narrative Is a ridiculous narrative Of let me travel so that they can say this and they can say that. Yeah, and no one goes into a hospital, all right? Goes into the emergency ward and goes, oh man, I wish these people called me doctor. I wish I can just operate on a dying person. You're not going to do that.
2: Because knowledge is something that is virtuous and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves it and he loves the people of knowledge. Uh, it's, a, it's a consequence of seeking knowledge that the people will lift you. Yeah. Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran يرفع الله الذين آمنوا منكم والذين أوتوا العلم درجات Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raises the people that have that believed and the people that have been given knowledge uh, levels so and this uh, يعني رفعة is in the dunya and دنيا the آخرة so no doubt no, the, the people will lift you whether you like it or not but
0: just so, don't intend that. And they'll also put you down too. You get both and you have to tackle both with reality. Yeah. Like uh, What I mean by that is like, for example, someone who gives a, like you said, like a sheikh gets corrected, right? He should be honored. That and someone there is to support him. Not in disrespect by saying, sheikh, you made a mistake or you said a hadith that's or, fabricated. Or, didn't know, subhanAllah, or look into it. Sheikh, Allah khair. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you're going to have people saying, yourself."
1: like your nafs, yeah. You're, 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 you're a
0: sign from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <laughs> you're fighting you your nafs. nafs it, you know you're fighting
1: mean? your nafs. You're fighting your own expectation. You're fighting your desires. You're fighting the people's expectations. Like, there's so many things that you have to fight. And this is why, like, subhanAllah, uh, Al-Fudail ibn Ayyad, he says a beautiful statement. He says a very beautiful statement. He says that, he says, why does it bother you that you... Want to be known, Yani? What is it? What is it? What is it? What What's there for you to gain by wanting to be known? And he says, why do you? Why does it bother you that people don't know you? And then he says, Why does it bother you that you may be blameworthy in the sight of people when you are praiseworthy in the sight of Allah? Yani, yeah, forget about what the, the, the people. Forget about the people. Without time, I just want to check. I wanted you to touch on one point: the people that want to go and study. People that really are intending to go and study, and they can't go and study due to perhaps maybe financial reasons and etc. And then you got people that do want to study, but there are other reasons that are withholding them from travelling overseas. Yani, what, what what can we advise those people?
2: Yani, like,
1: well, yani yeah. like I use the example of Subhanallah, Imam Ahmad Rahimahullah. He was from a poor family and he was a very poor man. Imam Ahmad used to make dua for this businessman. And then his son asked him once, he said, Oh, father, I always hear you making dua for this tajir. You know, he said, why do you make dua for him? He said, he came to me in my young days. He said, and he said to me, Oh, Ahmad, Allah has given you the capacity for knowledge, which he has not given me. And Allah has given me wealth, which he has not given you. He says I'm not able to study knowledge with my wealth He says and you are in need of wealth in order to study So he gave him money And he sort of sponsored him to travel and study And the imam acknowledged that that's what, In that point we've got brothers that want to go but they can't go What do you advise them? The brothers that are wealthy for example They have businesses, they really want to study but they can't go and then you have the ones that want to study, they want to go, but they don't have the means to go. What do we advise both? And we'll end with that, Shaykh.
2: Well, Generally, if a person, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed him with, with wealth, then he should use that wealth to spread this religion. And if he's incapable of learning knowledge in order to spread it, then let him be a means in, in others to spread this knowledge. Mm-hmm. So that's my advice to the businessmen and the people that have money support students of knowledge, and Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala uh, will reward you for that. Yani, SubhanAllah, yani a single businessman can sponsor hundreds and hundreds of students in some poor countries. Hmm. And just imagine imagine the Sadaqa jariyah that he's building for himself. And yani it's far more superior perhaps than him becoming a scholar and spreading knowledge. For, there's a lot of web uh, that a person can utilize in gaining ajr. So that's my advice concerning the people that have money and they're unable to go. Uh, as for people that don't have money and do want to go, then it goes back to uh, what we mentioned earlier, that utilize the resources that you have here. And perhaps Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make a way out for you. If a person fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make a way out for him and he will provide him from sources that he can never, he would never have ima- imagined. Uh, concerning asking for people for money, I personally don't advise asking, going up to people and asking them for money so they can go seek knowledge. And a Muslim also needs to have izzat nafs. He should you know, train himself not to ask the people, rather to make his tawakkul completely upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, but you know, if a person does... Ask someone for money, then it's not impermissible. I can't say that it's impermissible. But I'm saying, يعني, what is the, the more upright thing to do? What is the better thing to do? Is to stay away from asking people for money. Unless, of course, يعني, it's a situation where there's no minna in the and Perhaps it's your father and he's not going to uh, put you down for giving you money. Uh, or ask him maybe a center or, or a sheikh uh, that can assist you in seeking knowledge. So uh, f-
1: that's okay, Subhanallah Jazakallah khair, You actually put it perfect On that as well There are actually Allah reward them There are some brothers Who come and offer yani, They they know that virtue That you just mentioned Jazakallah, And they actually offer it And They say look Sheikh, If there is someone that's studying If there is this If there is that Please let me know Alhamdulillah There's always I think yani, Just important to know like, As a side note Is
0: if you can't go because of means or finances, doesn't mean you can't seek knowledge.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah,
0: and yani, in Mashallah, they, and you can. The many brothers that give da'wah and give lessons, they that you know they sought knowledge from Mashiach here because they didn't have the means. Um, so there is a place for it. There is a place subhanAllah, for seeking knowledge and 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 t- and, and and benefiting and be able to teach and. So forth, and like I said, maybe one day Allah will open up those doors, and you've already done the groundwork. That's right. You know what I mean. The, the groundwork's already done. I know. I've heard of one situation where brother, once his most of his kids were married, and he was in his forties, fifties, he tried to spend a couple of years. You know what I mean. After his business was established, he was able to take yeah. one year off or two years off, but he already was, you know, memorized already like ten jizya, and it was already like Subhanallah. He didn't you know, hold it. Yeah, and so subhanAllah, the, the, it doesn't mean oh, I didn't do it by the age of so-and-so, it's over. No, yeah. you still have, if Allah gives you life, you still have a whole life ahead of you. But the the worst of it to say, Oh uh, I can't go overseas, that's it, don't worry about it. No, there, you should always be in pursuit of, you know what I mean, uh, seeking the actual knowledge. Especially, we tell brothers that um, when the brother's like we had a situation once upon a time where a lot of the well grounded knowledge brothers went overseas to study but left a void here. Mm. So the general brothers stepped up their lessons, stepped up their alim, and started to fill positions of khutbah, you know, to, you know, underneath the guidance of the Mashaykh. And the subhanAllah, when those brothers came back, they stepped back down, and mm. but they, they filled that and they, and you know, they yeah. were happy to do that. So there's always a position SubhanAllah And like we said Give You give knowledge According to your Capacity uh, Capacity And and, and means And generally uh, You would find that The majority of people You give dawah to The dawah is very straightforward And very simple Yeah You know Um, Especially this day and age Especially for like the youth And that topics are salah, the topics are, you know, we'll do topics, are, you know, aqid, every, the, the, the basic. The, the, you're not going into the, the chain of narration and hadith and what's who's that, and you're not getting into that topic. You, you know don't right? need to, like, you, you know, don't it, need it, to. It, it, it's it's fully straightforward, yeah. that way
1: subhanAllah. Um, anything before we end, inshallah? Fabi, jazakumullah <laughs> khairan, it's an honor we haven't seen the beloved sheikh for a while. He's been in. Go on, but alhamdulillah, it's an honor to be here with him and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless us. Shaykh Ahmed Danun,
0: back, going back, staying, nah, visiting? I'm, I'm good, alhamdulillah. Shaykh the habdulil kareem just open, how's it going? Is it where you at, where it's happening? Good. Day?
1: It's good. It's good. Owens good. Everyone's good. Alhamdulillah. Brothers,
0: all good. Good, good. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah yeah, May Allah bless you, I Allah Anything else before we end? This program was presented by Al Bayan Radio, the voice of ahl Sunnah wal Jama'a.